was Levitical laws that took women kind of out of the hustle yeah. and bustle of community life during the yeah. time of their bleed. See, I used to see those laws as being so like, it seemed harsh and mean. And I'm like, oh, you were making provision mm-hmm. for the appointment like, time. You were giving, you were carving out that. in your <laughs> law space. Holy Wild Birth is a podcast embracing the reclamation of giving birth rooted in God's original design, undisturbed. Here, we share homebirth stories highlighting God's presence as the great midwife, as well as conversations about all aspects of a holistic, spirit-led childbearing year. From the perspectives of myself, traditional midwife Lauren Hall of Rooted in Eden Private Contract Association, and me, holistic doula and birth keeper Brooke Collier of Sister Birth. To choose a holy wild birth journey is to consecrate all your decisions unto the Lord. And to reclaim creation unadulterated by centuries of human attempts to control and improve upon what God has already called good. Please remember, birth is not a medical event, but a natural process. We are not your care providers, and this should not be taken as medical advice. Hi, sisters. Welcome to a new episode of Holy Wild Birth, as well as a new season. This is our third season. We're starting it off strong today with a conversation It's more foundational just to what it means to be a woman and the unique characteristic we have of being cyclical beings. And we're going to dive really deep into what that means. Um, This is part of just embracing our womanhood and the processes that eventually lead us to the possibility of pregnancy and birth, of course. So we hope you really enjoy this episode. Um, And just a note, if you are listening to this in October 2023, Don't forget that we have Hearth Mother Journey, um, raising up the next generation of Holy Wilds Birth Keepers, which is our unique and brand new doula and birth keeper training program, launching um, on November 1st. So we have enrollment open until October 25th. It's not too late to answer the call and join us in this first cohort. Um, You'll find the link to that in our show notes. And now, without further ado, we'll take you straight to the episode. Hello. Hello. Ah, It feels so good to be in this studio, uh, dropping a podcast for Holy Wild Birth again. I know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It feels like our last um, few posts have been either life updates or Hearth Mother Journey updates, which are good uh things, but this is going to be like a a normal episode. (laughs) That that feels cool. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It feels good. Um, so today we are talking about cyclical living, being a cyclical being as women. Um, and this is a topic that I, it has just been so fruitful in my life. Um, it has really been a long journey. Um, for me, I actually started with like, um, fertility charting and those kinds of things, um, largely in the beginning of my uh, midwifery education. That was what my preceptor had me learn. So I came in it from this more textbook style. Um, Mm -hmm. But over the years, and I mean, that was 2011, 2012, something like that. Um, And over the years, I have really, like God has just unpacked and shown me so much, so much um, from a biblical perspective, so much from, um, you know, like went into the the season stuff and then how the secular community talks about that versus um, the beauty and actually the original design and how I've found that in the word. And, um, and what I really want to start out saying is that um, this is totally one of those subjects. And I think I do it with almost everything. But this is really a subject that for me has been the more you know, the more I realize I know nothing type of topic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get a piece of something that feels so revolutionary, revolutionary, and it really shifts and it teaches me something and I grow in it. And then I find another piece that's like, oh, that was kind of right, but it was kind of wrong. Oh, there's something Mm -hmm. deeper here. And, and so I'm, we're going to bring to you what we have currently, but like, I just want to invite you to like, let this grow, 
invite, you know, like invite the Lord to teach you what is needed for you in your life now and how it can like be a part of the journey. This is a journey. Um, and it's very much, I mean, we're going to be talking about seasons and time and life and all of that. And, and every year the seasons look a little different, like there's a pattern, but it's all a little different. Um, and so I think that that, that's part of this. This is not something that can actually be put in a box and really understood and be done. And like, I've got it. This is a journey Mm -hmm. and this is a, it's an enigma and it's beautiful and it's as fascinating as the rest of creation. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just want to start from that place. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is an intro, not a be all end all conversation. Yeah. And I feel like I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still, uh, I'm still just kind of going, wow, okay, (laughs) there's more to this. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, I definitely don't have it all nailed down by any means. And I don't know that we can. Well, and let's be honest, most of us are late to this party because we don't live in a culture that teaches this or acknowledges this in any way, shape or form. So I'm kind of noticing like a collective, like dawning awareness, I guess, amongst women about like, oh, we're literally not made to function the same as men. And there's yes. really good reasons for that. And maybe yes. if we paid attention to that instead of fighting it, that could be good. So I feel like we're all like, it's a new subject on the collective consciousness level. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that your your does does seem to be like dawning. And I'm seeing it in both just the greater world, like the mm-hmm. secular world and just conversations there, but in the church as well. Um, yeah. And, and just, I really think that it dives back into like biblical womanhood. And I think that that might be why, because there's so much mm-hmm. uh, war over biblical mm-hmm. femininity and gender and all of that. And there is, when you see this, you begin to see a, um, in a, a, just a beauty of, of the design of the masculine and the design of the feminine, um, you know, from a, both a like emotional and like, you know, soul state, um, and like our function and our purpose and all of those things. Um, but then also like, you know, on a physiological, like there's some differences physiologically and it's just like, I don't know, it's just so interwoven and it's beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw, you know, like, if you don't know, men cycle on a 24-hour cycle. Like, that's what their hormones are doing. Um, whereas women, we cycle, which is pretty pretty well known that we cycle monthly, right? Um, but it is so much deeper than just what the hormones are doing um, and our fertility. It's really about, like, our entire, like, energy levels and our functions during the month. Um, and where we have this time of like, where we're really designed for rest and planning during one space mm-hmm. of our month, and then really designed to be producing and connecting with people and this like productive harvesting energy, um, you know, energetic type of place. Um, and then we go back and where it's time to recoup and rest and plan out the next month. And men actually have to, I actually, the more I've come into this, the more grace I have for men. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only have I had understanding for myself and given myself grace to be like, wow, this is just not the time to be productive and that's okay. But when I rest, I'm Mm -hmm. so much more productive. But then I'm like, man, men have to do all of this in one day. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they are, they're resting and then they're getting up and they're producing and then they're getting, you know, like they're all that connection and they get back into their, you know, like they have to do all of this. And like, for me, like that rest and plan is like a deep, you know, uh, work. Like there's some energy that goes into that introspection. Like this say time of our cycle gives us time to like really go deep and really do the inner work and really get introspective and really go into like times of deep intercession with the Lord and like dreaming forward and, and, and all of that. And it's like, they get like a little bit of hours to do that. And we're getting like this whole like Mm -hmm. two week period. And, and then we get this like whole two week period where we're like super women doing all the things. And again, they're like really productive in there. And, you know, but I, I see that 
I, I'm doing like hand signals like they can see me. <laughs> like in, they get this <laughs> like short, small period. Um, so I was holding my hands really close together uh, for those of you who obviously can't see me. Um, so I just, I've been just intrigued by that juxtaposition and what it can mean even, um, I think one of the like light bulb moments I had about this and like the biblical masculinity and femininity um, that really just, I don't know, I have noticed and tell me if you've noticed the same, I've had this conversation with multiple women, but like, because of that, because we get that time of like deep rest and time of um, going deep and we have that urging to go deep with the Lord and to dream really long plan. Like we tend to be the ones that are like, God gives us the like big direction for the family. And mm-hmm. like, you're ahead of your husband almost. It's like, mm-hmm. like you get ahead of them in the timeline and you're like, okay, but I feel like the Lord's leading us here and I have this big dream and, you know, we want to go here and, and, and you hear the women like, he just doesn't see it and he's not hearing it and trying to get him on board. And there's this like struggle and, and they're just in this time of like, Lord, show him too. And, you know, I'm like, it's because that we have so much of that deep time and we're getting that longer period. We're cycling on a month and the month makes up the year and we're having Mm -hmm. this long period where he's really in the, the day-to-day detail of the 24 hour cycle of like, okay, I can only focus here. I have to be on the now. And so when you bring those together, when you have someone who's focused on the now and you have someone who's focused on the long term. And you actually bring those to like the days make up the months, the months make up the years and you can't have a year without the days <laughs> and you can't have, you know, you know, like you can't have either. It's very much that, um, what's the scripture? A day is at a thousand years, a thousand years is of a day. I know that's out of context necessarily, but I just mm-hmm. think of the, like they interconnect. You can't have one without the other. You can't have a year without days and you can't have a day without making up, you know, like the, you, you go through the years to get to that. So, um, I don't know. It just feels like such a beautiful, Oh, this is how we complement one another. Um, Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great insight. I've definitely noticed that dynamic in my own marriage and hear other women talking about it as well. I don't know that I had connected it to that being attributed at least in part to, our differences and how we cycle, but that's a really keen insight. Right. Yeah. It makes me think of, you know, Genesis one, um, 14 through 19, God said, let there be light in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Right. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the year. And it was so, and God made two greater lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And these, so like we have these two, you know, we know it's the sun and the moon that are, that are ruling over this, but there's this understanding that 24 hour um, cycle. That's really the day, the night for him. He's in the day, night, 24 hours. Whereas we are on we are connected our cycles are connected to the moon and we move by the seasons we move in that monthly and that yearly picture um and i love this word here for seasons um the let them be for signs and seasons and days and years um that word for seasons is uh defined as appointed time place or meeting so it's not even just a time but it's actually a place and when it's translated as mm-hmm. a place it's the um, the tent of meeting. It's that word for meeting when they're talking about the tabernacle of meeting or the tent of meeting. Um, so this season is all about an appointed time with the Lord. Like this phase of the year, this phase of your month, it's like this is what is guiding us to say, this is what is appointed time for me to do with the Lord. This is when I'm going to meet with him because we're the tabernacle now, right? Like we're the where he he resides with us and he has set a beautiful analogy within our our bodies even um in our physiology to say this is when 
I want you to meet with me. (laughs) And this is what we're going to do when we meet together. You know, and that, like, he set up the Hebraic calendar, um, again, you know, with the moon. The moon starts their month. Um, The moon is how they decide, like, how he designed, like, okay, the first month of the, the 14th day of the first month um, of the, what is it, the full moon is when you'll have Passover and, you know, on and on throughout the feast they're they're designed around the different, where the phase of the moon is. And, um, it's just very enlightening, like enlightening and encouraging to me to see him say, okay, the moon is, is guiding this part of when you meet with me. Um, it's just really like, then to think when I'm like, wow, what an honor that I'm cycling with the moon and getting to have that kind of long, long view of like, okay, I am, you know, the, at the beginning of the month, I'm going to rest and I'm going to plan and I'm going to be with him and I'm going to ask him what he wants for this month. And I'm going to really honor that this is a time it takes it away from like the like self-indulgent self-care. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do whatever I want mm-hmm. and rot in bed kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is my appointed time with him to like dive into the word and ask mm-hmm. him, what are we doing this month? What do you want for my family and for where we're going and what, what I'm to do with my time? And when you do that, then it's all of a sudden like, man, you know what to put your hand to when you get into the producing and connecting yeah, time. Yeah, sure do. And it's just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally geek out on all of it. I know <laughs> you really do. Excited. I love it. It's rich. It's really good. And I'm the one who's going to, like, you're up here in the, like, theological, like, brainy part. And I'm here in the, like, here, let me tell you experientially, like. I, for me, like, I also notice, I don't know if you notice this too, the appointed time sometimes feels frustrating for me. Like, because it's when I've heard somebody say that it's when you tend to notice everything that's wrong or not working. <laughs> that's like the flip side uh-huh. of the deep planning and analysis is like, it's like your eyes become really open. I, I will get more critical. I will feel more mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know if shame is quite the right word, but just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're living this way. The house is a mess. And like sure. learning how to convert that energy into like, okay, mm-hmm. how do I take that heightened awareness of things that could be better and bring that into this secret place of the Lord to this appointed time of meeting mm-hmm. and transmute that into, <laughs> Lord, what's your perspective on this? Um, yeah. What actions would you have me take? How can I move, like turn this? Because anger and frustration are energetic; they they cause movement. So, yeah, can I bring that to Jesus and say, like, how would you have me move? Mm-hmm. How would you turn this frustration, this anger, into something that's productive and good for my whole family and for me? And then Absolutely. hopefully emerge on the other side of that with like a really clear um, way forward that's not angsty anymore, but is yeah you know, like moving in yeah. love and purpose. And mm-hmm. that's not always a super easy shift for me emotionally, just going to be honest. For sure. For sure. I think that it's, I mean, and I think it's like, it has to be, because frankly, we're going to go through these, whether we're noticing them or not. But if we're just yeah. being like drug by our cycles and our hormones <laughs> and the like, you know, then it's so much easier to get into that space. Um, yep. because then you're just really, honestly, you're just in your flesh. Like your, your biology is running the show. Um, mm-hmm. so it's literally your flesh. Um, whereas when we begin to just have these gentle practices that can allow us to be like, oh, wow, I'm actually in an appointed time. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing in this appointed time with the Lord. This is the time to be in my secret place with him. And this is the time to be really out in the world and producing, you know, like, and just all of a sudden it's, it's that, I think it's that noticing. And then it's that intentionality that Mm -hmm. allows us to then really move by the spirit through our biology versus Mm. being run by the biology. Well said, move by the spirit through our biology instead of being run by our biology. That's great. Yeah. It's a good way of summarizing that. Mm -hmm. So I guess, how do we do that? Um, What are those, those intentional practices? Because like I said, at the beginning, 
I really came in it from honestly a very masculine viewpoint. If we think about the linear masculine thought, it's very like A to B to C to D, you know, like it's, this is, it's measuring, it's metrics, it's boundaries, which is beautiful, right? Like we need those things. Um, I have to uh, think about, well, I'll get there in a second. Um, And then the feminine thought is more of the, like the flow and the spontaneity and the, you know, even the chaotic in a beautiful way. Like it's just the, like, this it, it's powerful and rushing and moving and and that is it's that more intuitive side and i picture this mm-hmm. very much in a what a river looks like you know the masculine is the guard rail of the the shoreline right like this and it's mm-hmm. it moves it's not like straight linear right like they have some spontaneity in them too and they have you know like we're not having to put people in boxes here but it's they're the shoreline and and women are that rushing water and if we pair them together then we don't have the chaotic flooding and overflow but we also you know there's also some general direction and we're like okay we can go this way um but then also the water smooths down the edges of the shore and you know and sometimes mixed, moves them slowly over time and moves them over you know and it's like okay this is a little too hard edged. This is a little, we need to, you know, and so we support one another in this way. Um, and so I love, mm-hmm. I always, when I think about the masculine and the feminine and the way we are truly um, to support each other as equals, but in this complementary place and just spoiler alert, I am not an egalitarian or a complementarian. It's a wholly different conversation, but I know I'm using words that kind of make you want to pigeonhole me mm-hmm. right now. I don't believe in either. Yes. That's a topic for another day. Yeah, another um, day. (laughs) um, But that's, uh, yeah, like I think that there's some beauty there of the way that we we work together as a beautiful team Mm -hmm. um, in our our true design. So, um, yeah. And in the tools we use to navigate our cycles, like having the more masculine tools. Like, right. I think what you were referring to when you said that's where you came into mm-hmm. it from was probably charting. Is that what you're meaning? Like charting, having for sure. That, yeah. I yeah. learned. Charting your cervical mucus and your temperature and cervical mucus how to evaluate and... all that. Mm-hmm. Cervical position. You know. like, yeah. yeah. Which is super interesting. You can you totally know. nerd out about that. Super. And I mean, the first time I learned about that, I was like, why did nobody tell me this? Like when I was right. a teenager. Like seriously, in, why was that not part of six? so ed? enlightening. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, and it, it should like, be. <laughs> Yeah, it should be. It absolutely is. And I totally, I totally nerded out. I love it. It's something I'm going to, you know, I will teach my girls and, and they already know a little bit as they're coming in. I don't have any girls cycling um, yet, but I have one that's just on the, the verge, you know? Um, but yeah, like totally, they, they understand that I chart and, um, and take my temp and all of that, but it is very much metrics and, um, yeah. you know, it's a vital sign. And Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate vital signs. Like I appreciate that I can get my blood pressure and my blood glucose and my temperature and when I need them to direct and make some decisions with about something. Um, but that's really what it's for is to help you. Maybe it's to make decisions around your fertility. Um, maybe it's to make decisions around your hormone health and you're actually getting some clinical insight from those charts, which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize they can do. Um, yeah. But they can, you can find, instead of doing blood work all the time, you can actually just look at a couple months of your charts and find out if you're low on progesterone or, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. So like, there's some real value in that. But what I have found is that, it also can be really overwhelming to enter through that gate because we're not men. (laughs) And so um, unless you already have like a woman that's just really into the numbers and really in, in a nerded out type of viewpoint, um, she, it it can be super overwhelming. And it's just like, that's a lot. I don't understand what you're looking at. There's all these dots on this chart and lines and what, and And it's like another thing on the to-do list. I have to take my temp and I have to have this chart and write stuff on it. Yeah. 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 And so it just became this difficult thing, um, to really get into until you actually get into the practice. Honestly, the practice is like two, three minutes a day, but you it's a lot Mm -hmm. of work to understand it. And it feels like, like you said, just something added to my mental load 
and I'm trying to release yeah. my mental load by right. doing it. So um, it's a, just a kind of a, a really for women, kind of a backwards way of coming in at it. But we live in a very masculine, thought-driven society um, when we talk about productivity or how to understand something or how to study something. That's how we do it. So um, we had had this conversation a while back um, on how you came into really understanding the cycle syncing um, mm -hmm. through teas. And yeah. I loved that. And this is when I had that revelation of like, oh, that's why it's so hard. <laughs> so I'd love to hear mm -hmm. your experience on coming into um, this practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I first also started with a, the charting and enjoyed oh, that did you? and found okay. value in that. I did. Yeah. I was doing that for several, actually my whole marriage. Um, and that's, that's right. how I we that. I think you just remember that conversation. <laughs> but then it was um, before I conceived our last baby, Gilbert, it was like, it was really clear that the Lord was asking us to make space for this child. Right. <clears throat> but at the same right. time, my cycles were kind of a mess and I had several early losses in a row. Mm -hmm. And, and then in that place of kind of like pain and searching, like, okay, Lord, you're asking me to be open to this, but I don't really know what's going on with my body. And I was feeling really frustrated with my body. Like what's wrong with it. Right. All the things actually mm -hmm. even ordered some labs on myself to try to figure out like, sure. again, another masculine <laughs> evaluation of the situation. And then I don't yeah. really remember how I stumbled upon it, but I think Facebook served me an ad for these teas that this woman I'm going to forget her name, but her business is called Wisdom of the Womb. And she makes a tea for each of the four phases of the cycle. Mm -hmm. And you can, you take the, you then you have to know your cycle enough to know when to do each tea. But each one is uniquely supportive of the hormonal and energetic and emotional kind of aspects of that phase of the cycle. And I bought them and bringing them online felt like it helped me shift out of a critical, like, self-assessment like metric kind of way of living with my cycle and fertility and just the act of having to be just conscious enough to think oh I need <laughs> the one during your period is called bitches brew sorry it's not a christian company bitches brew <laughs> this is what I need bitches brew <laughs> and this is what I need I can't remember all the names so then they each have a name and just the act of slowing down and making a cup of tea and welcoming that as just like this is my moment to consciously choose to support and acknowledge my body in this phase of the cycle it just felt so nurturing and gentle and mm. also comforting like knowing I was taking this small step to give my body something that would support what it was doing um and I used those teas for about three months and then Gilbert was conceived and he stuck as, as people say, you know, he stayed. Yeah. So yeah, it was lovely. And I am still not really cycling regularly enough to resume that practice, but I probably will because it just, I, and it can be paired with charting. In fact, to some extent it has sure. to be because you have to know roughly at least where you are in your cycle, but um, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I love that you like you had again. You have to have kind of both, right? You have to have some mm -hmm. understanding and more linear masculine thought with the feminine. Like we we are combined together. We have to be um, for true, um, I guess, rest and productivity to happen. Um, and so I love. I just love the idea of like, wow, I'm noticing where I am emotionally and physically and how my body feels and how my soul is feeling. And like, I'm going to now add a, a practice in to really remind me and kind of hold me accountable to like, this is the appointed time with the Lord. I'm going to make this tea and I'm going to really intentionally shift my mindset into mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing right now. This is the mm -hmm. time I'm, I'm resting, or this is the time that I'm, you know, producing and just these two kind of beautiful spaces um you know and yeah. something that uh i you know another practice that you can do is just like the journaling and like paying attention to um you know the mood in which you're journaling out like oh wow i feel mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. you know it's just that noticing um mm -hmm. yourself like how do you feel <laughs> and how does your body feel and 
Um, you know, cause I find when we're not really aligning with those inner seasons, if you will, um, then we are, we get into overwhelm or, you know, we're yep. exhausted. Right. Yeah. We're out. exhausted because we're trying to produce when we're called to be resting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're missing out on that Sabbath that he's given us. Um, whereas, you know, or you're, you're, you know, trying to, you know, just that, that honestly, I think that's really more of it is the productivity during the time of rest. Um, yeah. and then when you are produced, you're, so, you're supposed to be producing and you have kind of some energy and clear mind to do it. You also feel drained because you didn't rest before. Mm-hmm. So then like your whole month actually isn't productive and you're actually not rested. And, and like, neither one is being done well. So you're like, I'm not getting to even produce to the level that I expect of myself. And so then I'm feeling down about myself and calling myself a failure and I'm, you know, and I'm tired and I'm burnt mm-hmm. out and I'm, you know, and it's just like how much of adrenal fatigue and how much of just mom guilt and overwhelm could be resolved if we would start to look at these months and in a way of like, again, just moving through the spirit and coming into alignment you know, making our, our flesh come into alignment, our biology come into alignment with what he has, um, for us in that time. That reminds me suddenly of something I read recently about some experiment they did giving, have you read this, the adrenaline they gave to redwood trees or something to keep them from going into hibernation? (laughs) Like to try to cut that process short. And then what yeah. happened was basically the trees started dying. Like mm-hmm. they had to hibernate in order to produce. You can't just hyper right. produce constantly. I thought that was a really interesting right. experiment. It's mm-hmm. such a, I mean, that is how he designed, honestly, the seasons. That's the purpose of seasons, right? Is exactly <laughs> um, when you look at the fall and the winter, you have the fall that's the covering and all of the leaves are coming down to cover the ground, to let the soil then be nourished by what decomposes. Um, what was no longer needed is falling off and dying, which we need. We need a cycle of life and death. And that's what our seasons show us. And so you have all of this that's dying and decaying and then fertilizing the soil in the winter as everything is dead and resting. Then comes spring. It's now fertilized and ready and uncovered. And like what can peek through is all of this brilliant, beautiful color and, and it's bustling with life. And then it does it again over and over and over. And then even we go through, you know, from a biblical standpoint, it's what every seven years that we're supposed to Mm. call for an incomplete rest um, for the land. And it's like, we were made from the dust. He picked it up. He created all of what we need in creation. And then he picked it up and he spoke, you know, he spoke that into existence, but he, he picked it up and breathed in it, his Mm -hmm. life to make us. And so I'm just like, of course we would have analogy of creation in our bodies. Like, of course we would, (laughs) you know, and then you think about from the masculine and the feminine, of course we would have something a little different. That's so much the same. We're so much the same in many, many ways. We're, you know, both equal human beings with this, you know, image bearers of God that have, uh, you know, calling to be his ambassadors in this earth. But there is something he took out of men and he put into uh, to make us, which mm-hmm. means there's a piece of creation that's not in men anymore. Like they, they mm-hmm. got pulled out to create woman. And we know that it's the the calling of like, we get to bear life. There's this bearing of life that comes through our womb. And there's this timekeeper that is our womb. Um, and that, you know, it, it measures out the seasons. It measures out the seasons of life. Like it tells us that we've, you know, aged into puberty. It tells us that we've, um, are, are ready to bear life. It tells us when we have reached the, this fruitful, beautiful time of wisdom in late womanhood. Like it, it reminds us of our age and it's just, it's a timekeeper and it's the seasons. (laughs) Like, it's just, I just see so much of this cycles within cycles, levels and levels of, of beautiful interconnected 
symbolism and analogy. Um, he's just so intricate. <laughs> That's why I'm like, yeah. we can't know it all because it's just every time I look into it, I see something more. Um, so yeah, completely nerd it's out on all of it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's awesome. It's like another one of those areas for me, like as is birth and like, yes, development of fetuses, like where the more you look at it, you're like, God is amazing. <laughs> like the intricacy mm-hmm. and the creativity of the design is just incredible. Yeah. So it really, it really is. You know, I, um, not too long ago, I learned that biblically there's only two seasons, not four, um, that in Israel they had two seasons and in the biblical narrative, um, we have, you know, it says in Genesis eight twenty two, when, while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat, summer and winter day and night shall not cease. And throughout the word, as you look, it only ever talks about summer and winter. Um, there's, I think one or two places that a spring and an autumn are mentioned, but it's like, Mm -hmm. because of our English translation, how, you know, it's, Mm. um, I don't forgive me because I don't remember exactly what it ends up actually meaning, but like there's this, it's like the rain and the sun. It's the, um, these two, there's always two seasons mentioned. And even in Ecclesiastes, we see, um, what is it? Ecclesiastes three, there is an occasion for everything, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, tear down, build, weep, laugh, mourn, dance. Like it's all in, um, and you know, it keeps going, but like there's two, it's always two. And that, you know, again, it reminds me of the masculine and the feminine. It reminds me of the day, the night, the signs and seasons, you know, like it's always pairs. Um, and that's just really intriguing to me, especially when you see, you know, we have this kind of four seasons thought, um, but it's just made me go, Hmm, is there just two seasons? Which then reminds me of the, like the follicular phase and the luteal Mm -hmm. phase. Mm -hmm. Um, but then we know that there's seven, um, feasts throughout the biblical that helped them move through their calendar year. Um, And there's two people I know of that have kind of really done some work here. Um, And even then it's like, I look at it and I'm like, man, I think some of this is right. And I think there's some missing pieces. And this is one of those things that I keep just digging up and like going, wow, this is enlightening. Wow. There's still something to dig here. Um, But uh, it's Keisha Gallagher. She's Grace and Torah. And Zolo Levitt, um, I think it's A Child is Born, is his book. And there's a, a cool YouTube video. Um, but they both have talked about finding the feasts. Um, Zolo Levitt talks about finding the feasts in the development of, the, of a baby um, from literally ovulation all the way through birth and how each there's a, a point of development that the baby hits that is aligned with the purpose of a feast. And there's this like beautiful symbolism. And then uh, Keisha Gallagher has kind of done the same thing um, with the cycle and has pinpointed some of this kind of cycle syncing and what, where we are um, and what the, what our body is doing and, and all of that with the feasts in the cycle. Um, And so I keep that. Now there were some things in both well they don't actually line up in the sense of like zolo looks at it as um passover being ovulation whereas keisha has um the new moon passover would be the full moon keisha has the ovulation happening at the new moon um but even her even when she says it she says um you know not everyone does like you might ovulate at the full moon you might ovulate at the quarter moon Um, and actually before we were starting this, because I kept going, it feels like a discrepancy. It feels like I need to something I need to fix, you know, and need to understand. And, um, and I heard the, you know, the Lord just really sweet. Like, since when can you like really know exactly what the season's going to (laughs) do? You know, like, you know, we're all so different and, um, like your winter up in, uh, 
the northern state is so much different than the winter in the southern states, right? And they kind of start somewhat differently. Like it gets a whole lot colder way sooner and longer, you know, like, and it's just this understanding for me. It gave me a lot of freedom to, instead of trying to like pigeonhole and say even that, oh, if you're not ovulating at this point that you're broken or you know, that you need to have some kind of hormonal fixing or like, right. maybe it's just your seasons <laughs> and, and this is just where your season is and that's okay. This mm-hmm. is the appointed time he has for you mm-hmm. this at this point. And, and just this giving me some grace um, and like yeah. to hold it a little bit more openly um, instead of trying to like nail down because who can really understand creation? And the whole point of trying right. to understand creation is to understand him. Um, not actually, you know, like, yes, it's to understand Christian, but it's, it's to understand the creator. Um, and so I'm just trying to like, actually look at it from that viewpoint now, since he's given me that little nugget of like, okay, there's so much grace here to not, not try to nail it down and, and not be like, oh, I must be wrong or off, or my body is broken because I'm not ovulating at this point or this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but just another invitation to be like, okay. Where am I at? Which then goes right. back to the practices. Can you journal? Can you pay attention? Can you ask him? Can you, you know, figure out where your body is right now and what it's doing so that you can then come into alignment with it yeah. Um, and yeah. not be wrong that it's because I mean, who honestly, we're not all when you get a group of women together in a same geographical location, you know, like they're all living in the house. They do tend to cycle together. Mm-hmm. which really makes me think, well, of course they would be because they're living in community, which means the God's going to align their appointed times with them because he wants mm-hmm. us to be in community. Right. But like being far away, there might be something going on in your geographic location that God's doing something different for you than he is for me right now. And, sure. and there's a big collective, yeah. but there's the individual relationship. And like, so of course you would cycle seasonally differently than someone, you know, somewhere else (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. maybe you know so anyways it's just it's intriguing again it's it feels like one of those I don't know but I know you know like I'm knowing a little bit more so I realize I don't know anything now (laughs) um Uh but it's just it's just a a a cool revelation for me to be to be playing with and and asking him about definitely yeah um I was, that actually makes me think too, like the co-cycling with people that when you're close, mm-hmm. those Levitical laws that took women kind of out of the hustle yeah. and bustle of community life during the yeah. time of their bleed, um, thinking that they might've been on the same cycle. I've always wondered, so if yeah. all the women in that community were all taken out to the red tent at the same time, what was happening back in the main, like yeah. who was taking care of the things they usually took care of? Like, because right. they would go away. Like, what yeah. was happening with the children? Who was taking care of them? Who was preparing the meals? You wonder. Right. But yeah, but I also absolutely. now have come to see, I used to see those laws as being so like, it seemed harsh and mean. And I'm like, oh, you are making provision mm-hmm. for the appointed like, time. You were giving, you were carving out that. in your <laughs> law space. Like, now right. I'm like, can we have a period hotel? Like, I would uh-huh. love to have a period hotel where we could go check in when we're bleeding and go right. deep and rest. And he was essentially giving that to them. Like, yeah, that's basically what was happening there. <laughs> that's exactly what was happening there. I mean, because if we look at it from, again, that like masculine, we're called to produce every day. We're called to, you know, do all the things and it's all on us to keep the house running. And it's all on us to like, you know, it, we have to, care for everything every day instead of this like Mm -hmm. two seasons of of rest plan product connect then then what it looks like is a disadvantage oh so i have to keep up everything and also be cut out for a couple days you know like and i have to bleed and i have to you know like you know Mm -hmm. it looks like well no 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 no. what i'm saying is you don't have to do that (laughs) i'm giving you grace to to stop and to rest and to um, really come away so that you can be refilled and meet with me. Um, and actually I do think that they were likely cycling together, um, because there is what we have Rosh, Rosh Kadash. Um, and I might, I am not 
Hebrew. I study a lot of Hebrew, but I, I can't speak it. So I probably is saying it correctly. <laughs> uh, incorrectly. Um, but it is the start of the month. So at the new moon, um, which actually even then was kind of cool. Like we call we think of the new moon as like, it's completely black. The new moon to them was at the very first sliver. So like, mm. it'd be like the day after what we would say the new moon, like the next day. But the new moon was when they could first see the light and they're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. here's the light again. We're, we're starting our next month. So there's the new moon um, was the uh, marker for Rosh Kadash, which was called the woman's holiday. Um, it was considered mm-hmm. like everyone was called to rest. It was a, you know, like a, a, a Sabbath. They're supposed to be, to be resting, but especially the women were really mm-hmm. called from rest of any kind of heavy labor on that day. Um, and it set them into this place of like, this is when we're coming in to say, Lord, what are we doing this month? What's the, this mm-hmm. is the head of the month. You're going to guide us. And so there was, if you start thinking about, okay, they were bleeding at the new moon and ovulating at the full moon. Um, if they were bleeding at the new moon, they were actually being called to rest while they're bleeding, which then would fit with the law that they were to, to step away and be separate, um, from their husbands in Mm -hmm. that time period because they were bleeding, which is another really cool thing I've learned recently. Um, just kind of in a, like a sex conversation of like times of intimacy and things. Those were, there was literal, uh, they were called to not even, not just not have intimacy, but they weren't any physical intimacy. They weren't to touch. They weren't to sleep near each other. Um, and there's a lot of this, like the red tent and going away and all that, but like, there's a, it was a, a time of like, Hey, you're not feeling like your body doesn't feel up to doing this and that's okay. And like called to command. Um, but I recently learned that, uh, there's actually some physi physical detriment to having, um, intimacy, the sex during, um, your menses, like it's been connected to endometriosis and it's been connected to, Fascinating. um, you know, even like cancers and things. And it's like, Oh, look at him protecting the woman's body over and mm-hmm. over is what we have from a modern view looked back and been like, Oh, did he just not like women? <laughs> like, but it really, it's just like, Oh, he was protecting every time there was this protection for her, there was this, um, giving her space and rest and time to recuperate and time to, um, truly be in health. Um, and we've lost that. And of course the enemy would try and turn it around to make us like dirty and unclean, you know, like, like the whole unclean thing. Oh, you're bleeding. You're unclean. That just meant common. That meant, um, not, Mm -hmm. not able to enter, the the holy place because of the bleed because it represented death they had such a reverence for life that the loss the the losing of our uterine lining meant that there was not life in our womb Mm -hmm. and so it was this representation of death and death can't touch him so it wasn't you're dirty it was a whole clean with holy versus common the everyday and men had periods of being common unclean um, and two, you know, anytime they, there was, um, an emission of semen, um, they were considered, uh, you know, for the same reasons, there's this life picture there, um, a life and death picture. So it wasn't like, oh, women are just unclean. Men were unclean just as often, um, that there was these, these times. And so it wasn't clean, dirty, like we think of when we hear yeah, the word, right, but right. like, yeah, but truly like holy and the magnitude of God. And really, I think it offers us perspective to have fear of the Lord that like, mm-hmm. wow, I am not holy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, and, and that like, of course that comes against the modern thought. Um, but it's like, wow, I have, I am, there are times of my life that he washes me and he makes me holy because of who he is, his righteousness, not mine. Um, but there is literally part of our flesh and biology that is not holy. It's just common. And it's every day. Yeah, it doesn't right. make it bad. It just is. Um, 
but he he's so far past common that he that that couldn't be associated when when this is old testament when that veil was still up when there was not something to protect us from coming into because it was really protection um is mm-hmm. really what it is again him protecting us from being harmed by entering such a holy place when we were so common and we didn't have the righteousness of Christ to cover us. Um, So anyways. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Another thing I get excited about. (laughs) Uh And, you know, I think Christians often will say things, well, the new, the old covenant is gone and we can completely ignore it. It's almost completely irrelevant because Jesus and like, I'm like, yes and no, because Yes, like we're right. freed from like the the condemnation and the punishment and the sacrifice that come along with that old law, and yet there's still so much wisdom in that old law that we can absolutely borrow from right. and implement in our lives today. That yeah. honestly, even in I think um, more ancient branches of the Christian Church, we still see remnants yeah. of that where we don't sure. really see it in like modern evangelicalism. But mm-hmm. like even and like thinking about Catholicism's approach to. Um, family planning and abstinence Mm -hmm. and you know like they're those are remnants of honoring Mm -hmm. some of the rhythms that were set up in old testament guidelines or the the orthodox church doesn't Mm -hmm. um they 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 preserve the postpartum rest um and to not come you don't go to church um, yeah go to church for 40 days um Mm -hmm. and that's you know in the levitical law was 40 days for um if you gave birth to a male and 80 for a woman and uh, or for a girl, if you gave birth to a, a girl, you, it was 80 days of rest. Um, and again, there ends up being some some interesting scientific stuff that we can see of, oh, when you actually give birth to a girl, it takes more out of your physiology. It, hit, it takes a huge, bigger hit on your immune system. Um, yeah, and, you yeah. know, and, and I, some people will talk about, like, well, you're also giving birth to the second generation because you've carried your grandchildren within her womb, the the baby's mm-hmm. womb. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a is it a double rest for for that? There's a lot of really cool thought and, you know, rabbit trails to go down for that. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great tradition that I think the modern mm-hmm. thought has uh perverted because we're trying to understand yeah. it without we're throwing some babies out with some bath water really yeah <laughs> i think absolutely. you know yeah mm. <laughs> so i think it's interesting to we can still choose to kind of reclaim some of these things and gentle modified mm-hmm. forms whether or not the church yeah. community we're a part of is doing that and so they're good conversations to have in your marriage and your family and i know like lauren yeah. you have you and brandon have really worked out it seems like a really good way of expressing that that you're agreed upon um, yeah, that's something that I would like to do more of with Tim. Um, yeah, it's, there, there are conversations and there's some practicalities to work around, of course, like mm-hmm. to to let a mom fully out of the the fray for a few days while she's bleeding mm-hmm. is not a tiny thing to arrange. No, <laughs> for most of us okay. whose husbands are working outside the home, and um, right. So how do you how do you work that in? You know, and there, we could probably have a whole other episode about the practicalities. So maybe we won't Absolutely. do that today, but. <laughs> just things to think about. Yeah. And it it definitely has been easier for us because we both are, um, at home parents. Um, you know, I work Mm -hmm. from home and he does small things outside the home, but is largely here. Um, and so, especially because our life was four years on the road. So like we've been in home parents. And so that uh, really coming into this was that season for us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it started with like honoring the postpartum rest and then recognizing how similar the menses is like a mini postpartum and, and just that whole path. Um, And I'm really setting up my daughters and sons, um, honestly, for their, their perspective for their wives in the future. Um, Like we have a rule in the house that like what someone bleeding doesn't do chores. Like, um, you know, if she, if, if a woman is bleeding, she's not to be, uh, going through her chore list. And so we just have that honor. Um, but then that also makes me honor his rest time differently because he only gets a little rest every day. Whereas uh, I'm asking for a, lot, a deep rest for a couple days. Um, he's getting these like moments of time in his day that he needs that rest, replan, recharge, 
um, sure. space. So you can give him that and with more grace. <laughs> I give him more grace for his like little periods every day that I feel like a lot of women get mm. very frustrated about, you know, <laughs> they're like, you've been at work all day and I've been here. Da, 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 da. And why do you need rest? I'm like, wow, if I recognize that I need a longer stretch of rest to really feel revived, I have to recognize that he needs, he gets that every day in a little bit and he's only going to get to even go deep. So if I'm praying for him to get like wisdom for our like long haul that I keep going, Oh God, you won't show him my 20 year plan. <laughs> you keep giving me, and yet then I'm mad that he wants to like take an hour or two to like veg out. Like I'm in, in competition with what I'm actually praying for. Um, so anyways, Ooh. again, it's a balance. <laughs> That's a word. It's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, there's a little tidbit there, but I think it, it's, it's definitely one that you have to work out in your family. What's your, what's, yeah. what's going on. And um, yeah, but anyways, there's lots of, I don't know, again, I said, I hope this was kind of a teaser to get you interested in this topic, um, that we gave you enough gold nuggets to kind of begin to chew on and figure out what does that look like, um, in general, um, you know, and then really, uh, again, we want to do a kind of deeper dive on like the, the biology of the cycle um and like what it looks like to charting and adding in those metrics we were talking about um we've got someone that will do like a guest interview hopefully we can get that scheduled soon yeah. um but i think we'll probably be dropping a lot of resources in the show notes um some of which we've mentioned um some um do we want to mention those now um or just like if you want to dive more the bunny trails in the show notes what are you what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah I've definitely have some things I want to put in the show notes that I haven't mentioned verbally here but right this amazing book called the theology of the womb this app called flow mm -hmm. that helps you kind of learn the different energies and needs of each part of your cycle and um even Sheila Gray Gore however you say her name had this really great post recently about honoring yeah. our bodies rhythms and our sex lives that I thought I would drop there mm -hmm. too. And you may have things you want to add. I'll drop a link to the teams Absolutely. that I mentioned as well. Yeah. Awesome. And those books yeah, you Keisha, mentioned. There's some, some, um, she has some stuff. Uh, Keisha and Zola um, both have, I'll drop those. And then there's another amazing yes. book that I actually loved. I did love Theology of the Womb. There were some things that I was kind of like, maybe, I don't know. Sure. Um, yeah. But A Brief Theology of of Periods. Yes, really, by Rachel Jones. I it was a short book. I think I listened to it like I it was an audible and it was like three hours, like real short, but so rich. Um, really appreciated what she brought to the table. Um, and so I re I think everyone should read that book. <laughs> like everyone should read that cool. book. So um yeah, I think that that's I and if I think of any more uh, I definitely have a few different apps that I recommend um, for if you're charting, but we'll probably dive deep into the, yeah. the app conversation because that can give have a save too. <laughs> I wonder if we have the same favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, that's, um, I think, you know, good to, to put in the next one as well and get, kind of get in, not get on that yeah. intro right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> We've given so, quite a lot here already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, I loved this conversation. I hope mm -hmm. that um, it gave gave you something to think about and bless you with. And um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let me pray us out. Awesome. That's Sounds all right. Good. I'll pray for everyone. <clears throat> Hi, Father. Papa. Um, thank you for making us the way you did. Um, you're so creative. You're so brilliant. <laughs> you're so caring and tender in your design and in the ways that you want to care for us in our design. And we are honored to bear witness to who you are and how you are in even the biology of our bodies and our cycles. What a cool mm -hmm. honor. Um, 
so thank you for inviting us into that. And I pray that you would be continually teaching us how to embrace that, how to step into that, how to offer up our cycles um, to you and to the world and to our families as um, a testimony of who you are um, for the good of the world and for the good of those around us. Um, Yeah, just teach us how to engage the subject well in a modern world that ignores it. Show us how to go go there with you. Um, So we pray that over each of our listeners. And again, we just give you thanks and praise. And thank you for letting us do this podcast. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Till next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Holy Wild Birth. We hope that you were genuinely encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. If you're loving what you hear, please make sure that you share it, leave reviews that helps other mamas find this content as well. And don't forget to read the show notes, okay? Because that's where you can find our email address if you want to reach out to us and start a conversation. It's also where you'll find free offerings as well as invitations to work with me and or Lauren. We can't wait to get to know you. See you next week.